This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right? Well, I trust so. I'm feeling fine. Praise the Lord. No complaints. Glad to be alive and able to share with you some things from the Word of God. I've just been praying that God would put his love and grace and power and truth into my voice and into my heart and mind so that something that is said in these few moments might just exactly fit your need. Oh, may God grant that prayer for his own name's sake. We got into the third chapter of Titus and came to the 10th verse where Paul said, A man who is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. By the way, you don't pass a judgment on people the first time you disagree with them. You want to remember that? Most of my mistakes with people have been made as a result of hasty decisions about them. Had I taken the time to think and to give the other individual a chance to reflect, some situations might have been different. Most of my mistakes with people have been made because I didn't take time with them and give them time. So he said, after the first and second admonition, give God time with people. Don't make quick and hasty decisions about them. Good idea? Well, we looked for the meaning of the word heresy. And in that connection, we were uh, looking for uh, some of the things that our Lord and the the gospel writers have said, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. In other words, to take something that appeals to you as a religious precept and make it the basis for your claim to be teaching God's truth. Uh, the, those, the Judaizers who said that you have to keep all of the Jewish law in order to be a Christian, that was heresy. And then over in 1 Timothy, Christ plus other things, seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, the occult, hypocrisy, uh, easy disobedience resulting in what Paul calls a seared conscience, and then adding regulations, uh, social, uh, societal, familial, diet regulations. All of these things that people tack on to the gospel and say, you have to keep all of that in order to be saved. See, Paul said in Colossians 3 that ye are complete in Christ. And so he said Christ is has uh, uh, fulfilled uh, the law. He took all of the commandments out of the way, nailing them to his cross. And so he said, don't let anybody judge you in terms of uh, holy days and Sabbath days and and uh, all of that. Let no man therefore, well, I go back a verse or two in Colossians chapter 2. Having forgiven you all trespasses, thank God they're all forgiven. Aren't you glad that's so? Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was, that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The real victory at the cross was the victory over sin and Satan and all of the record of our failure, nailed to the cross. 
And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it, that is, in his cross. Let Now, here's the result of it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or respect of a holy day or the new moon or the Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. See, the Lord Jesus Christ has changed things for you and for me, and you don't have to have Christ plus diet or Christ plus some church observance or Christ plus some keeping of the old Jewish law. It's all gone. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, beloved, if some of you disagree with me, don't don't bother writing to me because this is how I see it. And if you disagree, well, then that is how it is. My father used to say, we'll be in heaven someday and you'll know I was right. <laughs> he was never wrong about anything. <laughs> sublimely, sublimely conscious of his being right. Well, he was most of the time, I have to admit. So uh, there you have it. Well, now, he says, he says these, these people uh, whom he calls heretics... He says, you, you reject them. Now, you don't reject them as persons. I want to make that clear. You don't reject them as persons. There is always room to love people for Jesus' sake, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. I think uh, our fault as, as believers oftentimes is that when we disagree with, agree with people, we also reject them personally. Uh, I don't like him because he doesn't agree with me, is the, is the theory there. Uh, the idea of leadership is something else again. If somebody is, is off on his doctrine, don't build him or her into the leadership of your group. I think that's the point that needs to be brought out. All sorts of trouble and heartache come from people in leadership who have a warped or distorted view of Christian doctrine. And as a result, their emphasis in daily life is is twisted uh, as well. So if you're building a church, an organization, a group, a community of believers, make sure that, uh, that those with whom you are going to work in leadership are facing in the same direction in terms of God's revealed truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. When I first came to the college back in 1962, I encountered a number of people who said, why do you insist on our signing the doctrinal statement and statement of conduct every year? Why do you insist on that? Well, I said, people do change their mind. And if you haven't changed yours, you'll be glad to say so, won't you? (laughs) We let it go at that. But, you know, the fact is that folk do, over a period of time, change their attitude toward certain truths and relationships. And so, We think at the college it's a good thing every year for every trustee and every faculty member and every major administrator to sign that statement of faith and and our few rules of conduct that we have so we're all facing in the same direction. It's important if you're going to build a work that people be straight on the doctrine and straight in their living. Well, uh, we also looked at 2 Peter chapter 2 where Peter talks about false prophets uh, bringing in heresies, even denying the Lord that uh, bought them. 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, let me let me just comment on some of these things that Peter says, not that you necessarily need it, but that you be able to identify uh, the type of thing that he's talking about. He says, through covetousness, they with feigned words make merchandise of you. One of the es- the essential elements of heresy is the desire to make money out of religion. I think we all have to guard against that, those of us who are in Christian work. Anytime you say, hey, this is a good angle, I'm going to work it because we can get a lot of gifts in this way. At that point, my friend, you are several notches away from the center. This is, in my opinion, at least, the center of the blessing of God. Merchandise of people, manipulating people so that you can succeed in religious work is under the heading of heresies. I think planning is essential. And I think wise planning for your work is something without which you cannot succeed. And you need to plan the best approach to people. If you're in the, if you send out a direct mail appeal or if you're in radio or television uh, or all three, uh, to plan your work and to be as effective as you can, that's essential. We're talking about the motivation here, aren't we? Why do you do these things? If you do it so as to manipulate people to, to make yourself successful, this is under the heading, actually, of heresy. All right? It says, These people speak evil of things they understand not. Um, one, of the, one of the marks of heresy is a de-authorization of the truth of God. Anybody that says, well, I know that's what the Bible says, but... You know, the usual excuse, the Bible was written centuries ago, it can't possibly apply to us today. It was written to other people in other cultures with other customs and other problems other than our own, and it can't apply to us. And so I know that's what the Bible says, but it's not for us. We can do something else. There is a de-authorization of the word of God. This is heresy. Anytime anybody says, yes, I know the Bible says that, but I think differently, you can chalk it down. That's the beginning of what the Bible calls heresy. They speak evil of things they understand not. All right? And so it says, they have eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin. Easy disobedience to the rules and the laws of God. Easy disobedience to the moral law of God. Now, especially in our day where permissivism is uh, epidemic, I guess, uh, we need to think about this. Cultivate a tender conscience in all these matters. Cultivate a tender conscience where it concerns your own moral life and your own private thoughts and your relationships with other people. Uh, All of the the values of societal life in general, cultivate a tender conscience, will you? So that you don't fall a victim to this easy disobedience that marks what the Bible calls a heretical uh, stance. Then it says, They beguile unsable souls. They have exercised their heart with covetous practices. They've forsaken the right way and have gone astray following the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Heresy oftentimes grows out of a desire uh, 
to be successful, as we said a moment ago. Balaam made the mistake of thinking that God would change his mind if people raised the financial offer for his services. Nothing could be farther from the truth. If God says yes, it's always yes, and if God says no, it's always no. Well, these are some of the things to watch out for. What's the answer to all of these? Stay close to your blessed Lord in the Word of God. Feed on God's Word every day, and stay with your Lord in the Word until He has spoken to your own heart, till your heart is warm and tender with the truth of God. And then go share that with someone else as quickly as you can. Now let's bow to pray. Dear Father, I want just to ask you to keep all of us so close to Thee and so in touch with Thy Word that uh, we're not going to be bothered with these different items that have been listed under the idea of heresy. And help us to be loving and patient, will you, Lord, with those who need to be straightened out with the truth. Help us not to reject them. Help us to love them and yet to stand true to your word. Thanks for the answer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, until I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.